Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. Tonight, the Supreme Court delivers a defeat to President Trump a victory for hundreds of thousands of immigrants. The country's highest court decides the Trump administration cannot immediately cancel the program that protects nearly 650,000 who were brought to America as children. Immigrants are welcome here! The president says we need new justices, but what happens next is complicated. Officers surrender. The two Atlanta policemen accused in the shooting death of Rashad Brooks turned themselves in and what Brooks said about criminal justice just months before his fatal encounter with police. Well, I just feel like some of the system could, you know, look at us as individuals. The president's former national security advisor unloads, claiming world leaders like Putin played Trump like a fiddle. Tonight, the president's fury. Saturday rally countdown. Crowds line up in Tulsa. Close to 100,000 people expected to attend. And why the president admits some people might get the coronavirus. California mandates masks. The state's governor orders its residents to wear face coverings after a spike in cases. Florida's hospitals say their ICU beds are almost full. And father knows best. Want to learn how to tie a tie? Change a tire? There's a dad we want you to meet. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We are going to begin tonight with a surprising Supreme Court ruling against the Trump administration, one that has wide-ranging implications for nearly 650,000 young immigrants known as Dreamers. In a major decision, the court stopped President Trump's move to end DACA. That's the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program that was started under President Obama. The policy gives some immigrants who entered the U.S. without authorization 
organization when they were children the chance to come forward and to apply to stay and work in the country. But the Trump administration said DACA was illegal and tried to terminate it, leaving nearly three-quarters of a million young people in limbo. Well, today, supporters celebrated at the court after the justices voted five to four that the Trump administration improperly ended the program. The decision, which was written by the Republican-appointed chief justice, angered President Trump, who fired back on Twitter. And it creates another heated issue in his reelection campaign against former Vice President Joe Biden, who backs the program. There's a lot of news to get to tonight, and our team of correspondents is covering it all. CBS's Jan Crawford is going to lead us off tonight from the Supreme Court. Jan? Well, Nora, it was another loss for the president in this newly conservative court. Today's ruling was narrow, but for DACA recipients, it was momentous. For those young people who dared to dream, the decision brought overwhelming joy. I immediately started tearing up because this is amazing to me. And an outpouring of hope. We cry on the phone uh, because it was something shocking that we were not expecting. The 5-4 to four ruling, written by Chief Justice John Roberts and joined by the court's four liberal justices, said the Trump administration's decision to rescind the Obama-era program was arbitrary and capricious and that it failed to consider the hardship to DACA recipients. But three of the dissenting justices called the decision an effort to avoid a politically controversial but legally correct decision. Coming on the heels of Monday's victory for gay and transgender rights at the court, the president lashed out on Twitter, saying these horrible and politically charged decisions are shotgun blasts into the face of people that are proud to call themselves Republicans or conservatives. President Trump announced in 2017 he was rescinding DACA, saying it was unlawful because President Obama exceeded his authority when he implemented it in 2012 by executive action. These are people. These are animals. But in a separate opinion, Justice Sonia Sotomayor, the court's first Hispanic justice, says remarks like those create the strong perception President Trump's decision was contaminated by impermissible discriminatory animus. On Twitter, President Obama praised the decision and urged Americans to elect Joe Biden and a Democratic Congress that does its job. It's like sometimes you fight for stuff and you think it's never going to happen, but we're seeing a turn in people. Now, the court sent the case back to the Department of Homeland Security to try again to justify why DACA should end. That is not likely to happen before November, which, of course, means immigration, the makeup of the Supreme Court. Again, major issues in the upcoming election. Nora. All right, Jan Crawford, thank you. Now to the reaction of the people impacted most by this decision, Dreamers. CBS News contributor Maria Elena Salena spoke to two DACA recipients about facing their uncertain futures in this country. It has been an extremely difficult time for us. And today, just this weight was lifted off of our shoulders. For thousands of Dreamers, today's news couldn't come soon enough. What does the Supreme Court decision mean to you? It means that I can continue to pursue my dreams. For the last two years, I had been living in limbo, like not knowing what my future will hold. Neri Lopez was brought here when she was four and Ana Guevara when she was nine. Both are recent college graduates and say the ruling is a victory for them 
and their families. I have a little brother who has autism and he needs me. Um, he is a U.S. citizen and his right here is important, but he also needs his family. What do you say to those Ana, who feel that you shouldn't be here because your parents broke the law? The home is here. But for now, this is only a temporary solution that rests in the hands of a very divided government. What do you have to say to those who have the power to make a difference and make this permanent? They need to listen to the communities. They need to listen to the immigrant youth who are here contributing to this economy. How would a DREAM Act, if approved, change your life and the life of hundreds of thousands of dreamers in your situation? I think like it would definitely change our future, right? Like it will give us um, a permanent solution. But we're celebrating today, uh, but we're continuing our fight tomorrow. Maria Elena Salinas joins us now from Miami. And Maria Elena, how is the 2020 election going to impact what happens next? The 2020 election now is going to have a huge impact. As we know, President Trump has made immigration one of the central issues in his campaign. And DREAMers have been waiting since 2001 for a solution when the DREAM Act was first introduced in Congress. But really, since then, Congress has not been able to agree on any version of it. So it really does depend a lot on who will be elected, who will be controlling the House and the Senate, who will be in the White House, and if there is a political will to approve any kind of legalization for these young people. Let's remember that DACA was created to give them some relief and to protect them from deportation. But until the DREAM Act becomes law, their future will continue to be in limbo. Maria Elena, thank you. And we're going to turn now to Atlanta, where today some police officers have called out sick, apparently to protest the criminal charges against two officers in the shooting death of Rashad Brooks. The department does say it has sufficient staff to protect the city. Today, those two officers were booked, and we are also hearing a heartbreaking interview with Brooks just months before he was killed. CBS's Mark Strassman reports tonight from Atlanta. That's Garrett Rolfe wearing the ball cap. His lawyer drove him to jail to be booked for felony murder. The former Atlanta cop is now an inmate. The other charged officer, Devin Brosnan, posted bond and left the jail. For the first time, he talked about that night and his first impression of Rashad Brooks. I felt he was friendly. He was, he was respectful. I know, I know. You did throw your job. In his final minutes of life, Brooks was also impaired. The officers tried to arrest him for DUI. Brooks ran off with Brosnan's taser. He fired it back at Rolf, who was chasing him. The officer replied with three gunshots. Two hit Brooks in the back. Brosnan wouldn't talk about the specifics of the shooting. Uh, I'm looking forward to cooperating with any investigators who are interested in having a conversation about uh, what happened that night. Rolf's third shot strayed. The bullet hit the rear bumper of a car waiting in the drive-thru. Michael Perkins was in the back seat. I witnessed the murder. I almost was killed myself. Brooks was on probation. A DUI conviction would have put him back behind bars. Just a lot of pressure. Four months earlier, he talked to the group Reconnect about his struggles with the criminal justice system. We do have lives, you know, where it's just a mistake we made, you know, and, you know, not not just do us as if we are animals. Rolf's lawyer will defend him by going after Brooks. He talked to our Atlanta affiliate, WGCL. We are dealing with somebody who has violently assaulted two law enforcement officers. 
has manifested his intent to disarm a law enforcement officer and proves to be a danger to anyone in the area, including the people in the crowded parking lot. Rolf is being held without bond, and this late word, District Attorney Paul Howard has just announced he will not seek the death penalty. Nora? Mark Strassman, thank you. Tomorrow, a federal judge will hear the Trump administration's last-ditch argument to block the release of John Bolton's tell-all book, scheduled for next Tuesday. Well, today we learned that Bolton, a conservative and former Fox News contributor, claims President Trump was repeatedly played by world leaders and is, in his words, unfit for office. Ben Tracy reports tonight from the White House. Tonight, President Trump is fighting back calling his former national security advisor, John Bolton, a liar. His bombshell book, pure fiction. But in front of reporters, the president would not answer questions about his former aide's scathing critique. Mr. President, you, the White House had this book for six months. He did, however, angrily unload on Twitter, labeling Bolton a disgruntled, boring fool, a wacko, and a sick puppy. I don't think he's fit for office. I, I don't think he has the competence to carry out the job. There really isn't any guiding principle uh, that I was able to discern other than uh, what's good for Donald Trump's reelection. In an interview with ABC News, Bolton says President Trump is easily played by world leaders, alleging Mr. Trump fell for Kim Jong-un's flattering letters and noted how he believed Russia's Vladimir Putin rather than U.S. intelligence agencies. I think Putin thinks he can play him like a fiddle. Uh, I think Putin is uh, smart, tough. I think he sees that uh, he's not faced with a serious adversary here. In his book, The Room Where It Happened, published by Simon & Schuster, a division of Viacom CBS, Bolton claims President Trump gave Chinese President Xi Jinping his blessing to build detention centers for the country's Uyghur Muslim population. Bolton writes, Trump said that she should go ahead with building the camps, which he thought was exactly the right thing to do. White House Trade Advisor Peter Navarro denied that today. It's big lie Bolton, it's book deal Bolton. My view is it's, it's the Washington swamp's equivalent of revenge porn. The Trump administration is suing to try to keep this book from being released next week, but hundreds of thousands of copies have already shipped. Meanwhile, some Democrats up on Capitol Hill are talking about having John Bolton testify. Nora. Ben Tracy at the White House. Thank you. Turning now to the fallout from the coronavirus pandemic. Today, we learned one and a half million workers filed for unemployment benefits in the last week. That's 13 straight weeks of at least a million claims and more than 45 million unemployed since the crisis began. It comes as more states are reporting record numbers of new coronavirus infections, including the country's three most populous states, along with Oklahoma, where the president is holding a rally this weekend. CBS's Carter Evans reports tonight from Los Angeles. Carter. Well, today, California's governor issued a mandate. Everyone in the state must now wear masks in public. This comes as American Airlines today banned a passenger for not wearing a mask. And of course, as people stand in line for jobless benefits. Another day of frustration at the unemployment office. I waited all day yesterday and was not able to get through to anybody. This time-lapse video shows the extraordinarily long line in Frankfort, Kentucky. That if we've been Kentucky taxpayers our entire lives, where's our help? Even when the checks do arrive, for many, it's just not enough. But as some states reopen and crowds return, so does the virus. 
California reported almost 4,300 cases on Wednesday, a single-day record, and hospitalizations surged 11 percent over the last 24 hours in Texas. In Florida, daily cases reached a record high. You, you look concerned. We were feeling like we were going to be able to handle this, and now it's looking like we're going to be all over, ground zero, um, just patients everywhere. And the dramatic increase in Florida could be a concern in New York again, where New York City is moving into phase two of reopening. We now have the virus under control. Yeah, but Florida doesn't and Texas doesn't. These other states don't. And what happens if they get on a plane and they come to JFK? Now Governor Cuomo is considering a quarantine for travelers from the Sunshine State. Carter Evans, CBS News, Los Angeles. I'm Omar Villafranca in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where President Trump's supporters are energized and already lined up for Saturday's rally inside the 19,000-seat BOK Center. I'm very excited. I mean, I've never been to one of the campaigns, uh, one of the rallies like this, so this is, this is a really big thing for me. But Tulsa officials say this rally may be risky. An expected crowd of 100,000 people could pack downtown for the rally, counter-protests, and Juneteenth celebrations. From June 6th to June 13th, Tulsa County saw a 116% increase in the number of daily reported COVID-19 cases from the previous week. Are you expecting cases to spike? You know, that, that's a, a possibility. I think it's tremendous that, that we, have, we live in a society where people have a voice. But we also are, are in a time when, when we're in the middle of a pandemic. Late today, Oklahoma's Governor Kevin Stitt joined President Trump for a roundtable discussion at the White House. Oklahoma's ready for your visit. It's going to be uh, safe, and uh, we're really, really excited. President Trump told the Wall Street Journal today that some people at the rally could catch the virus, saying it's a very small percentage. Now, this arena behind me will be packed for hours before the rally even starts. Doors open at 3 p.m., and the rally doesn't start until 7 p.m. And, Nora, keep in mind, it was originally scheduled to be tomorrow, Juneteenth, the date that celebrates the end of slavery, but it has been moved to Saturday. All right, Omar Villafranca there in Tulsa. Thank you. Today, portraits of former U.S. House speakers who served in the Confederacy were removed from the walls of the Capitol. In ordering the move, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said the four paintings embody violent bigotry and grotesque racism. While in Richmond Wednesday, a statue of African-American tennis legend Arthur Ashe, a native of the city, was defaced with WLM and White Lives Matter. Jean Kennedy Smith, the last surviving sibling of President John F. Kennedy, has died. In the 1990s, Smith became the American ambassador to Ireland, where she played a key role in brokering the Northern Ireland Peace Accords. Jean Kennedy Smith was 92 years old. Father may know best, but when dad's not around, we've got the next best thing. CBS's Jim Axelrod found him online. And you got to be careful with this. This is a needle nose pliers. A few months ago, Rob Kenny had an idea for a YouTube channel, teaching some of the manly arts like any good dad would. That side, right? And we go around the front. I'm trying to make it a one-stop shop where you can come in a calm way, be empowered to learn how to do this stuff for yourself. As the son of a man who walked out on his children when Rob was just 14, Rob had to figure out so much for himself. Today, I'm going to show you how to use a stud finder. He couldn't be alone, he thought, and hoped for a few dozen subscribers. How many do you have right now? Uh, 2.2 million. 
That's not 30 or 40. (laughs) I know. Let it drain down. It's great to watch him unclog a toilet, but I think there's more to it than that. Start on one side and work my way around. Stephen Jacobs' real father never taught him to shave. Rob Kenny did. I think he's just a a modern-day Mr. Rogers. What would you want to tell him? Thank you for filling in the hole that so many of us have in our souls. Warm, compassionate, and peppered with dad jokes. If you came here looking for help finding a boyfriend, that would be a different stud finder. This father of the internet is also a child of the lockdown. Going the wrong way here. His whole project was birthed by the pandemic. I think we're looking for an emotional connection uh, right now because of this dang quarantine. Call it a Father's Day silver lining. And for millions, a bright, shiny one at that. Jim Axelrod, CBS News. Well, tomorrow is Friday, so on the CBS Evening News, Steve Hartman goes off the road deep into the woods and finds a special place to connect with dads. And remember that if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in Washington. Hope to see you right back here tomorrow. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be because Survivor 46 is here and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Devaya Daris. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast. And to ask Jeff some questions, because even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.